What's up, everybody? Mark Berry here, host of the Breakthrough Success Podcast. In this episode, we are going to talk about how to increase your website conversion. So if you're looking to get more people on your email list through your website, if you're looking to get more sales for your products, this is going to be the episode for you. We are joined by our guest who is the founder and creative director over at A Good Day, a bespoke experience studio which specializes in custom stationery, events, branding, and user experience. Our guest who joins us is none other than Jordan Kentris. Jordan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Mark. Jordan, it certainly is a pleasure to have you on Breakthrough Success. And so many people think about getting the traffic, but if you're getting traffic and you're not converting the traffic, then what's really the point? So for people who they already have the website set up, they already have the product set up, it can feel a little difficult to look in there and see how to tweak the conversion rate because you have so many different assets. So how would someone who maybe is a little bit more established, maybe they have a blog or a YouTube channel, what are some of the things we're supposed to look at first to improve our conversion rate? Uh, so you definitely want to be looking at your analytics. So you want to be taking in all the data that you can and seeing where things like bounce rate and uh, where any drop-off could be happening. So you want to see as people are using your products, where they're coming in, what they're doing next, and then where they're either converting and those are the kind of users you want to be seeing what they're doing and exploring it further or if they are dropping off why are they dropping off and then you take a look at why they're dropping off through things like uh, is it copy is it uh, confusion in the sales funnel is it not clear what their next action is uh, was the action that you wanted them to take not the action they wanted to take so then there are certain there are questions that you start to ask yourself in that sense and depending on what platform you're using, like YouTube, for instance, they have oh, so much data. Like yeah. there's data where I've been on YouTube taking it seriously for quite a while now, almost a year. And I feel like there's so much data in there that I don't even know about just because they give you so much of it. So you mentioned bounce rate. You mentioned figuring out where people drop off. Are there any other key data stats that we should be looking at because there is certainly a lot that can distract us. Definitely. Uh, other things to look at are where is that traffic coming from? Uh, because that can really dictate why they're dropping off. So if you're getting a lot of referral traffic or if it's organic or direct traffic or if it's paid traffic, that can really indicate why those things may be happening. So in the case where you may have a lot of paid traffic, they may be coming in but maybe they're not your right audience. So you might want to shift where those dollars are being spent. Whereas something where it's more organic, so if they happen to be casual, like looking for your product and coming across you, there may be an issue in the language that you're using. So you want to kind of take a look at where those breaks could be happening along the process. And there's certainly a lot in the process oh, yeah. <laughs> for <laughs> conversion rates. And uh, like when it comes to being successful with an online business, you got to get people on your email. So there's a conversion rate there. You got to get the people on the email list to buy the products. So there's conversion rate there. And if you do upsell, there's even more conversion rates. So you have a lot of different uh, moving balls that you got to juggle. And one of the big questions some people have is, Sometimes it could really be as simple as changing a red button into a green button. 
and that's all you have to do. But there's other cases where you have to scrap the whole sales page or you have to scrap the whole product. Like maybe the product isn't necessarily a good fit for your audience. So at what point, if there is ever a point in your opinion, do we say we need to scrap this? We need to do some entirely new offer, entirely new copy and just start from scratch. Is there a point where we get there? Uh, so I'm a really big proponent in actual consumer research during those stages. So when you're seeing uh, a lack of conversion or there's a problem that you're seeing in your data, then my next step would typically be to talk to some of the consumers that, you're, that you have in the past, uh, but also prospective users. So if you want to put a little survey link on your site, like why are you leaving our site, things like that, the more data you can get from actual people, uh, the better you can make informed decisions. So you can do that same kind of testing on a product level as well as a product or service level, but you can also do it on a kind of tactical level where things like the on your, on your landing page. That bounce rate may indicate that the sales page isn't working for that target market. It may indicate that that sales page isn't written to its fullest extent to want to convert those consumers, or it could be that that product isn't the right product yet. So you have to kind of pull those layers back as you talk to more people. So once you can speak to some of those consumers, it'll really help indicate where some of the problems may lie in your business. And I do want to speak more to bounce rate. Uh, in case you guys listening, some of you may not know, bounce rate is pretty much the percent of people who will leave your site after only visiting one page. So you do want to keep that low. A low bounce rate means that you have people spending more time on your site with a stat like bounce rate, it's not available in the WordPress dashboard. So for people who maybe they're just getting started or don't know where to go, like how do we find those stats for our content, our pages? Uh, so a lot of people usually integrate things like Google Analytics. And once you integrate analytics, it can help you educate uh, all of that different data points. So those are the same things that Google uses on YouTube and all those different elements from a, a data perspective. Um, but things, uh, another note on bounce rate is if it is a landing page, a high bounce rate doesn't necessarily mean that there's a problem, especially if it is a conversion. So if it's a conversion to an email list, a high bounce rate actually isn't a negative outcome because the outcome is we want them to sign up for our email list. So they're going to leave and do the action we need them to do. In the case of a homepage where you look at bounce rate, typically on a homepage or landing page, we don't want people to stop there. We always want them to usually move down the funnel or move to a different stage. In the case of going to a cart, adding a product, or exploring our about page or services. So there on a homepage is where you want to kind of address bounce rate. Uh, there are additional plugins you can look at, especially on the WordPress side, that can help you kind of dive deep on the analytics. So there are uh, quite a few that aren't necessarily Google and Analytics, but can do some page level tracking on your website. Um, you could also look at um, heat mapping software on some websites. So there is uh, Hotjar or Crazy Egg is a really great one as well that can show you where people are moving down a page visually. So it shows you where the browser has interacted and then typically where it stops and where a mouse has hovered over on pages. That's incredibly useful if you're seeing, you know, your bounce rate isn't as bad, isn't super low, high, um, and you're just not getting the 
pieces of traffic, but you can see that maybe no one's really moving past your hero, which is the top level area of your website. Um, so it's usually typically the, the navigation, a, a banner, an intro to your site, and then there's typically content below that. So if the people are not really scrolling down that, that level, that could be an indication that that headline, that area isn't grabbing your audience and speaking enough to what they're looking for. And I really do like how you say bounce rate. You want it, you want it low no matter what you're doing, but for a landing page, you want people to move on to the point where they sign up. So in that case, you have no problem if it's a little higher just due to that nature. So it's really important to read your stats. So for a lot of my shorter videos on YouTube, I get around 50% retention and a longer video might only do like 35% retention because it's a longer video and people aren't going to commit as much time to a long video versus a short video. So it is important to interpret your stats. Think about what conclusions should you be drawing from it and really dig deep into them. You can really learn a lot if you look at the stats. I've heard a lot of people mention heat maps before. I've never done this myself. I've heard a lot of people mention it though. Over on your side, when you first implemented heat maps, like what kind of changes did you see? What were you noticing? What were you able to do because of that heat map? Uh, so I ran into a lot of problems, especially on mobile with having a long content pages sometimes. So I really, I saw quite a bit of drop off on really long content pages. So my audience wasn't really resonating with me having such long bits of content and such a disjointed flow in the page. So through heat maps, I saw there was quite a bit of drop off about 25% into the page. So for me, it was a key indicator that I wanted to shorten up that content, make it as concise and uh, clickable and transactable as possible uh, because of those things. So I wouldn't have known that if I was just looking at my analytics because it doesn't tell me that. It would have given me a little bit of info on time on site, which is how long a consumer is sitting on that page or in the breadth of the full website. So the heat map really showed me where people were stopping so it allowed me to reprioritize my content so that if they were going to be stopping there anyway, at least they would have seen three quarters of the thing I wanted them to see. So then they could take an action. Mm, that's a really great point. The shorter piece of content, you certainly are just more likely for a consumer to actually go through all that content. And it's similar to the YouTube example I gave, but just in blog post form and the heat maps, I just know they're really good. I haven't really gotten into them quite yet. One piece of the get traffic SEO side, it's been very popular for a few years, this concept of writing at least 2,000 words for your blog post. You got to grind out as many words <laughs> as you can. And I mean, if you write a few of those, you have a book. And that's why I'd rather write books and long blog posts. And I'm with you on the concise standpoint, but I am wondering how it's affected your traffic. Like you, you're able to get more retention, but does that affect your traffic at all? And do you even believe in the whole 2000 word blog posts? Theory? I think they have incredible value. For me, those kind of consumers who go there are looking for that long form content that has that such in-depth knowledge and expertise. It also shows your audience that you do those things. I find you just want to make sure you have a balance between those things. Um, in the short form content, the transactionable content, and then the longer form content. It's great from an SEO perspective, so I don't recommend you not do it, but I've had to do a lot 
from a local SEO perspective to make sure that I'm targeting my local market when I'm speaking to my audiences. So even in the short form pages, just making sure that that page speaks directly to that audience and really only has one or two focus keywords for that page, even if it's short, so that I'm able to kind of hit those points back and forth. And I really love that analysis. You want to understand who your audience is. And I'm sure that if Jordan went into his heat map, he looked and he saw 100% retention all the way through for the long articles, he would be writing those long articles. But uh, if you see the big drop off, people not really bothering to go more than halfway, then you write shorter content, you're more concise, and it's also less work on you. So instead of writing a 2,000-word blog post, maybe it's a 1,000-word blog post and your audience engages with it because there is this balance, and I'd really love to hear your thoughts on this too, Jordan. There is this balance between ranking for an algorithm and actually creating the experience that people want. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about how you do that balance beam. Yeah, you have to look at the, what your content and what your audience is actually craving from you as a creator. So why are they coming to you? Why do they see you as an expert? Why do they want your services or products? Um, and then if you can address those needs through the content that you create, you're gonna have like lifelong customers. They're gonna wanna interact with you because you're giving them the value that you're looking for. If you're basically talking to beat the algorithm or better the algorithm, you may get some of the eyeballs, but they may not be the kind of customers you want. Mm -hmm. So you have to find that balance where it may, ranking first or second may not be the be all and the end all. We all want that. But if you're in the top 10 and you're getting the kind of customers you want, then to me that is incredibly valuable because I'm already, I'm working with the people I want to be working with. And if I don't want to be writing 2000 word blog posts and I like writing 1000 word blog posts, then it's good for me. And if it's working to an extent that it's garnering business, to me that's a, a win because I'm doing the things that I love and my customers and potential clients are enjoying the content that I'm creating. They're taking it in and sharing it. And I really love that point, beating the algorithm versus getting the customers that you want. You can certainly do both. You can use the algorithm in a way that oh, gets yeah. you more people that become customers, but it's when you branch into topics just for the sake of beating the algorithm to get the big surge of people, but then are these people actually going to buy your product? Are they actually going to be customers? So you definitely want to think about both of those scenarios instead of just one or the other. Taking that uh, both approach is going to make a really big difference. And website conversion, that is something we've talked about throughout this episode, and it's something I know Jordan helps people with. So I wonder if you could give us an idea of how we can keep following all the great work that you're doing. Sure. Um, you can check us out on our website at uh, gooddayinc.com, uh, as well as on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, and then one thing we're offering um, your audience, Mark, uh, is a free homepage audit. So I'm going through and doing a uh, assessment. So if you want to check out uh, a gooddayinc.com slash audit, uh, there's a little mini survey and I get back to you in uh, two to three business days. And it's basically my POV from a user experience and accessibility perspective. How, to, how you could optimize your homepage. Well, I definitely like the sound of a free homepage audit, especially from a guy like Jordan. Links will be down in the show notes. Make sure you take them up on that offer. Thank you guys for joining us on this episode of Breakthrough Success. And thank you, Jordan, for joining us today. Thank you so much, Mark.